Welcome, welcome to Freaked Out with your co-hosts, Liz and Landon. What's up, everybody? Today, we are doing our earned episode. So thanks to all 2,000 of you who made this episode possible. Once we get the group up to the 4,000 member mark, we will be dropping another bonus episode. And this one will be Chris Benoit. Woohoo! Chris Benoit, he was a WWE star who killed his entire family and then himself. This one we have been wanting to get our hands on for some time since we are both WWE fanatics. Yes, we are. We both have a dream to be front row and center for WWE. Any pay-per-view will do, of course, but WrestleMania is the dream. We will get there one day. WrestleMania or Hell in a Cell. Those are the two that I'm like dying to be front row for. Oh my goodness. And for me, it is uh, Royal Rumble, (laughs) which is your birthday month. (laughs) I know. All right, guys, let's dive right in. Malcolm James McCormick was born on January 19th, 1992, known professionally as Mac Miller. He was an American rapper and a record producer. Miller began his career in Pittsburgh's hip-hop scene in 2007 at the age of 15. In 2010, he signed a record deal with independent label Rostrum Records and released his breakthrough mixtape, K.I.D.S. A self-taught musician, Miller played piano, guitar, drums, and bass by the age of six. He first started rapping at the age of 14. Before that, he wanted to be a singer. In high school, he decided to focus on his rap career, later noting, Once I hit 15, I got real serious about it and changed my life completely. I used to be into sports and play all the sports all the time and go to high school parties. He originally went by the name Easy Mac early in his career. Miller's music was widely regarded as frat rap, with lyrics focusing on partying, smoking marijuana, and lusting after fame, money, and women. After the mixtape critical response of Blue Slide Park, Miller began to employ a more expressive and experimental approach to his subsequent releases. Miller included Big L, Lauryn Hill, Beastie Boys, Outkast, and a tribe called Quest among his influences. He also had a very close relationship with a fellow Pittsburgh rapper by the name of Wiz Khalifa, saying, Wiz has been a big brother to me with the music thing thus far. Our relationship is beyond music. He really is just my homie, whether I'll be making music or not. Miller spoke openly about his struggle with substance abuse and depression. To manage stress during his Macadelic tour in 2012, Miller began taking promethazine and later became addicted. Mac Miller stated, I was not happy and I was on lean very heavy. I was so fucked up all the time. It was bad. My friends couldn't even look at me the same. I was lost. He quit taking promethazine in November 2012 before shooting his reality show Mac Miller and the Most Dope Family. In 2014, Miller was taking drugs daily. He felt that the final track on Faces' grand finale was supposed to be the last song made on Earth. Recounting that period to Billboard in August of 2015, Miller was definitely way healthier, but not completely sober. After stating he hated being sober in a February 2016 documentary, Miller had become sober for about three months by October of 2016. 
noting his better mood and maintaining creativity. However, when asked about his sobriety in April of 2017, Miller said he was now living regularly. Miller was in an on-again, off-again relationship with writer Naomi Leisure, whom he met in middle school for seven years until 2016. Many of the songs on his mixtape, Macadelic, were about their relationship. Miller dated singer Ariana Grande from August 2016 to May 2018. Miller was arrested in May 2018 on charges of driving under the influence and a hit and run after crashing into a utility pole and fleeing the scene with two passengers. Police obtained his address from his license plate number and Miller confessed when police arrived to his home. He was taken into custody and then released on a $15,000 bail. In August of 2018, Miller was charged with two counts of driving under the influence for the incident. Miller died before his arraignment and charges were dropped. On September 7, 2018, Miller was found unresponsive in his studio, City Home, by his personal assistant, who called 911 and performed CPR until the paramedics arrived. Miller was pronounced dead at the scene at 11.51 a.m. He had been scheduled for a video shoot on the day of his death and was to embark on his swimming tour in October. On November 5, 2018, the Los Angeles County Coroner's Office determined that Miller's death was from an accidental drug overdose due to mixed drugs and toxicity of fentanyl, cocaine, and alcohol. Three men were arrested in September 2019 during an investigation into Miller's death. Cameron James Petit allegedly sold Miller counterfeit oxycodone pills containing fentanyl, two days before his death, which were run to Petit by Ryan Revis and supplied by Stephen Walter. Miller had asked Petit for Percocet and prescribed painkillers containing oxycodone, in addition to some cocaine and Xanax. Investigators believe Miller snorted the lace pills before his death. The three men were indicted on charges of conspiracy and distribution of drugs resulting in death. On April 18, 2022, so recently, Revis was sentenced to 10 years in prison for his role in distributing the pills. On May 17, 2022, Walters was sentenced to 17 and a half years in prison for his role. He was so young, sadly, and he had some talent and was going to keep going in bigger, better places. Is he ready to share his story with us? Yes, he is. He doesn't really like any of these types of things, mostly because he didn't really understand it much. But he said that he sees things a lot differently now. He said that he gets the attraction now. He said that he's talked to others before to pass along messages to his friends and family. What does he remember before he passed on? He said that he was really, really tired that day. And he shows me that he knew he had a long week ahead of him. And he wanted to make sure he could keep up with the hectic work schedule. And from what he shows me, he was looking for a few drugs, really more so to keep up the momentum with his music, his work. And he shows me he wasn't at all at a point in his drug journey that he was doing a lot of drugs. But from what he shows me, he was more so doing them to get by. He had limited himself a lot. He said he didn't have much for about a week, maybe a little less, but he shows me that he didn't have much left, so he went to the dealer. Now, from what he shows me, he had a few dealers. He had them on standby, and he shows me that he grew a pretty good trusting relationship with them. There was no reason to think fentanyl was in his batch. 
By the way, guys, fentanyl is usually added to drugs to enhance the intensity and it is extremely dangerous. There are a lot of people putting fentanyl in drugs without telling people as well and a lot of people are dropping dead. Please be careful. Were the three men who were charged in his death responsible for his death? Yeah, they all had a hand in it. But from what he shows me, they had no idea what the heck they were doing. They just wanted to have the best product. He shows me that there is also a fourth and fifth man who also didn't get pinched, who is also involved, but I believe their names were kept out of it in the bigger picture for reasons. And I believe I'm seeing something with kids. I'm unsure. Either way, Mac Miller really feels bad about it. He didn't want anyone to get pinched for his choices, and he doesn't feel like there was any intentions to kill him. He does, however, feel that they should stop one way or another. And at least from what he said, these people will not sell drugs to kids, at least anymore. He sees it from both sides, but he does feel bad for them going to jail for his death. His death was accidental. Does he remember what took place after he ingested the drugs? Yes. He shows me he was just zoned into work and wanting to stay energized. And he also shows me he wasn't supposed to take the drugs until a certain time. I believe he had a method to his madness when it came to his drug intake to make sure he stayed normal and awake since he wanted to keep on going. And he was also trying to keep things under wraps and low key. I also feel like he took the drugs prematurely. From what he shows me, he wanted to take them a little later in the evening, perhaps early morning. I'm not totally sure, but from what he shows me, it's earlier than he had anticipated. He also shows me he felt instantly sick. He said it was a very bad trip. He said that he instantly crashed. He said that his heart was pounding hard out of his chest and started to sweat. He shows me he couldn't regain his strength. He said that he passed away. He said that he had passed before anyone had seen him and he said that he instantly had panic and took him a little while, maybe a few months actually, to cross over. Yeah, that sounds pretty rough. Thank you for all that information. Now we wanted to move on to the questions from our Facebook group. Allison O says, if he was around today, would he still be dating her? And was she his soulmate? I believe she is talking about Ariana Grande. I know that they were meant to be together in the sense of like soul friends. She loves him and she wanted him to get better, of course. And he wasn't ready in his life to give her the life that she wanted. He shows me she was drowning along with him. And it was really sad. She let him go before he died because she said she didn't want to be around when he gets himself killed. And I feel like she felt a lot of guilt from that. But no, I don't feel like she was his soulmate. They would, however, be friends. And he shows me that he would have tried to get himself better. But he said he doesn't even know if he would have done that. He said he wasn't in the mindset that he needed to be to get the help. And it may have taken him a really long time to figure it out. And having access to large sums of money didn't help either. He said that Ariana gave him life. She made him believe in genuine love. He couldn't do that to her. She was a good girl in his eyes. And he said he ruined her life already enough. Does he blame Pete Davidson or Ariana for his overdose? Not even a little bit. 
He said that his overdose wasn't anyone's fault, let alone anyone who loved him. He said he didn't really get Pete Davidson when he was alive, but from what he shows me, it's because he was jealous of him, plain and simple. He said that Pete Davidson is still causing shit, and he said that he's become an audience of interest. He said that he checks in on him more than he would actually like to admit. Hannah H. asks us if corruption in Hollywood is real. He looked at me and I looked back at him and we both laughed at the same time. More so just because our reactions were the same. He said that there is a lot of pressure and more and more pressure and impossible goals and impossible expectations. And if you don't do it, unless you're like the top dog, you have to keep pushing through. He said he felt like his life wasn't his anymore. And I've heard that a few times. He said that the fans weren't even an issue or even the hate from social media. It was the people in Hollywood who would run the show, not the actors or the actresses or singers or anyone like that. He said it was the people in the background. They know that these impossible expectations will always be met for anyone desperate enough. He said that there's a lot of hungry, willing people to do anything out there. And he says that they know it too. He says it's sad. So basically like... You know, people know how desperate people are to get those roles. So if you have to stay up for 65 hours in a row, well, just, you know, take some coke and make it happen. I also agree with what he's saying here with that. He, we will be covering a lot of other Hollywood deaths in the future and from old Hollywood to more recent Hollywood since I'm obsessed with it. Like I said before, when I was a kid, I always felt like I belonged with them. The famous. Never understood it. Now I do, almost 40 years later. Victoria M. would like to know if Mac is at peace at this time in his life. From what he shows me, he said that he's more in touch with himself. He said that when he was alive, he doubted himself a lot, didn't believe in himself, and questioned himself. He said that it's gone and it leaves once you pass. He said that he felt calm, happy, understood how everything worked a little bit better. Tamara F. asks, if you could come back and redo your life, would you take a different path? He said that he had other hidden talents. He kept showing me golfing. He also said he would be a stuntman or something along those lines. He said he would take more risks and he said he still would do music. It's part of him. However, he said that he would do things a little bit better and not allow anyone to control him, regardless of how long it takes him to climb to the top. He said that he gave in to pressure a lot, and he said he felt like he didn't have to, but he was led to believe that. He said that he thinks it's partially because he was young and partially because he thought he would end up failing or falling into nothing. Do you have any messages for anyone who is still alive? He said that he hates to make these types of choices, but he really has to push Wiz Khalifa. He said that this man is so underrated and he feels like he will make a bigger comeback at some point and will be bigger and better. And he said that he is rooting for him and he says to keep your style, man, it's what you do best. Is there something you wish you got the chance to do before you passed on? He said that he wishes he had gotten the opportunity to answer Ariana's calls just one last time. He said she called him a lot after he passed on, and he said he wishes he got the chance to answer just one of those calls. He said he did call her back, but he said that she didn't think it was him since her phone never stops. What do you miss the most? He said that he wanted to spend more time working on acting, 
and being in movies that were comedic, of course. And he said he just loved making people laugh. And he really loved improv and messing around with people. He keeps mentioning Adam Sandler. So I'm assuming he wishes he got the chance to be in a movie with him. He said that that would have been something he really wanted in his life. I'm right there with you, Mac Miller. I love Adam Sandler. (laughs) Did you have plans to make more music? And if so, what did you want to do? He said he was interested in doing some stuff with a few people like his buddy Wiz. And he shows me Eminem and perhaps a thing or two with Ariana just for old time sakes. He said that he couldn't help but watch her smile and sing all the time, and he said that he felt so comforted by it. He said that it would be a hard thing to do because he would have a hard time focusing on anything else. Oh, that's cute. He sounds like he is still in love with her. He said he will never stop loving perfection. (laughs) He said that was one of the reasons she loved him so much. He said that he was one of the only men in her life that treated her like a queen and not a prop. He hated her exes and sometimes gave her his two cents on how he felt about them. He said that they laughed a lot about it, and he said that she knows which ones they are. Does he hang out with anyone up there? I know he's hanging out with his friend Ruben because he's been eating a sandwich with Mac and just hanging out in the background with him, which is kind of funny because it it reminds me of like a Ruben sandwich. But anyways, (laughs) he also had a dog and a bird there with him too. He also said that he hangs out with Bernie Mac and he's seen Tupac before and a few other faces, but I'm not sure who they are. I would say more so family related. He also shows me he even had an encounter with Betty White. He said that when he saw her, he was like, oh shit, no, (laughs) he is funny. Right? Everybody was like, when Betty White dies, the world's going to hell. And well, look at where we are. Right? We're going to now move on to some other things. You guys have been talking about this. And last week, Liz was on a live on TikTok. And we had someone had asked if we could go over steps of manifestation and how you can make it work for you. Yes. Now, every single person is different. And some people really don't know what it means. So Landon will explain. Well, from what I know, it's when you really want something and you really want it to happen that you have to put good energy into it and good vibes out into the world to make it happen. Pretty much. And like I said, each person is different. I'm a visual person, so I need to see things to make me feel it. So when I want something, I post it on a piece of paper, on a fancy sign, on a board. It depends on you. I like writing things out. I will make my podcast grow. I will get to travel. I will get a house. And then when I see it, I say it out loud. When I get negative thoughts, that interferes. Like for instance, I'm having a bad day. Someone yelling at me on my website and calling me every name in the book, that shifts my mood. And I start looking at my vision board and I start doubting it. Doubts add delays. It's fucking hard not to do this. I do it way too often. So when you have those negative thoughts, remind yourself that you will make it happen. Now, when I do mine, I like to be more specific. I want a house with a backyard. I want it to be within Canada. I want to be able to have space and privacy. No one around to annoy me or watch my every move. I close my eyes once a day and tell myself I will get it. I will make it happen and ask myself what I can do to get myself closer to those goals. Yes, yes, I do that too. So I'm so glad that we do the same thing. Yes, sometimes things don't happen with a certain time frame and of course we get upset. It's because it's not ready to happen or it's not supposed to happen yet. Just be patient and it will come. Absolutely. I know a lot of people struggle when it comes to love. Is there anything on that? 
Yes, there is. Love manifestation is so important. I feel like it starts with yourself. Write down what you want from a lover, a person, anything, even if it's silly things, but things that make you feel happy. When you got that, write down everything you don't want in a partner as well. I would get yourself a bowl or a cauldron or something along those lines. Take the list, rip them all in little pieces, and then say them out loud, light them on fire and put them in the bowl. Once it's all burned, you can throw it away. Some people like to keep it until the next full moon. I tend to forget that, so it's up to you. But then your love will come. It's definitely like that movie Practical Magic when she's trying to make up her perfect guy. She's like, he'll have one brown eye, one blue eye. His favorite shape will be a star. He will be a protector. And like this guy came into her life with all of that. He was a police officer. His He liked the star, all of that. She manifested that since she was little. Exactly. But guys, don't think that this is going to happen overnight or just have someone appear right at your door. You have to put yourself out there. And I don't mean online dating. Stay away from that. But join some groups. Go do some local things. Get involved in the community. Go out to a bar with friends. See someone talking about something on social media and it hits home. Talk to them. Get to know them. Make conversation. But don't just say things like never, won't, and no. When it comes to getting out there, even if you don't like something, just try to give it a try. Step outside your box, your comfort zone. You never know. You may have fun and you actually may be enjoying yourself. Thank you, Landon. He is really good at this stuff, too. (laughs) I try. Next week, we will be covering the episode of Jordan Nebling. We also dropped the Simon Monjack, Brittany Murphy episode on the exclusive side last night. So if you don't have a patron account and you don't know how to get there, ask us on our Facebook page called Freaked Out Podcast, and one of us will help you out. I can't wait. I wish I could do a case per day. Absolutely. Until next week, guys, stay freaked out. 